0: to the breakfast blend podcast i'll be your host sam with my lovely wife joyce that's me today we have a guest for the second time Uh uh, who is it yeah it's uh dr pastor frankie francis uh he's very (laughs) popular in the local uh television scene um he has his md from university of illinois that's right
1: That that is correct, Sam. That is correct. uh, He's actually pursuing his MDiv, correct? Almost done. At uh, DeVry University, is that correct? Yes, DeVry (laughs) University. DeVry Biblical Seminary. Do you also have a master's? I can't remember. No. That's the other
0: guy. Oh, that's the other doctor. Yeah, so Frankie and I actually met on missions. I think it was, what,
1: 2010?
0: 2010. Is it
1: 2010? I met you in Bolivia. <laughs> no, no. 20 2012. Uh, one no. of those years. 20 2013.
0: 2013. 2013. And uh, Frankie has been in Illinois, and I've been in Illinois, Georgia, and uh, California. But we always seem to like meet up, you know, bachelor parties, weddings, so on. Um, yeah, Frank's. What have you been up to? How's how's uh, how's the clinic with COVID?
1: Yeah, where I am, um, in the rural. <laughs> I don't want to disclose my location here. <laughs> but, yeah, there's but, a Walmart uh, there, so <laughs> there's one Walmart. There's a few WalMarts. We're getting a Costco soon. Whoa, oh, that's um, a big huge! Theme. We'll get a boba ice cream in ten years. Ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I-, I can only dream. Um, yeah, it's. We have about nine hundred cases in our county. So I don't bad. know. I don't know how, how high that is compared to you guys. Oh, we wish we had 900. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be, our ICUs are full of yeah, our
0: hospitals.
2: That'd be a walk in the park.
0: Yeah. How is it, you, how is it affecting your uh, day-to-day clinic stuff?
1: Yeah. I, we have, we all have to wear masks. Um, in March, April, we, we transitioned to a lot of telehealth and video visits. Yeah. Um, but seems like it's kind of um, people are coming back now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it actually hasn't changed too much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think
0: being in a rural area is like perfect right now. It's cheap. You're already going
1: to be isolated. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple life, man. It's a simple, simple life. life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what did you want to talk about? I know you had a couple of things in mind. Anything on your heart,
1: your Presbyterian heart?
2: <laughs>
1: we we can talk about age, our experiences in the ch- Asian American church. Sure. We can talk. We can talk about medicine. Um, Boring. We, we, we can talk, talk. We could talk about dating, lack lack of dating.
0: Yeah, we could do make this a three parter. <laughs> it would be the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, what's um, it like being single?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't miss dating. I'll tell you that much. What's that movie? Oh, how to be a what? What is it? Um, with Steve Carell, where he he doesn't like
0: date till he's like forty. I think that's uh, you're referring to Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: no, great great um, movie though. One of my favorites.
0: Yeah, we could talk about your dating life. Sure. Um, no, no, want...
1: let's 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 not talk about that. <laughs>
0: That'll that'll be a wild card. Ladies, he's single still. So uh, hit me up.
1: That'll be a Valentine's Day edition of the podcast.
0: In Bolivia, I convinced the entire missions team that Frank was very rich, even though I think you're still in med school or just about to finish. (laughs) And uh, we referred to him as Frank the Bank, and I would just leave these chants. So he would buy people like, you know, ice cream and stuff or snacks. Those are yeah. good times. Yeah. Oh, man. It, went, it went like this, Frank, the bank. And everyone would just start saying it. And he's like, no, no, I'm not rich, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm barely a doctor. Yeah. No comment. No comment okay. there. <laughs> uh, so what's your uh, – I know you've
0: been doing this MDIS. So what – actually, I've never asked you, why did you uh, pursue your seminary degree?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Sam. Um, You know, when I was in college, I was praying and felt God, I think it was my sophomore year or junior year, probably my junior year, I felt God nudging me or asking me if I would be willing to do ministry. And at that time, I was like, sorry, man, (laughs) I'm going to be a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah I kind of pursued medicine for a while but I just couldn't escape this conviction so I started taking some part-time classes online and four years later I'm done with my MDiv oh you're done I'm done in about four weeks yeah wow yeah
2: that's exciting
1: what am I going to do with it I'm not sure (laughs) it's a great question you could write a book. Yeah, but I, I'm, I've i talked to a lot of um, people with MDivs, like friends of ours, mutual friends of ours, and uh-huh. a lot of them don't even know, towards the end of seminary, a lot of people don't know what they want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. And some people go into counseling, some people go into a different career.
0: Yeah, it seems to be in like a Asian American setting, you know they'll do some sort of youth ministry. And then after that, you know, it kind of changes it like dramatically, like you could go into something completely different, like, um, you know, like counseling or you go into the traditional route where I don't know, you go to a young adult church or then become a senior. And I don't know if that's the end goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I really have no idea how it's going to play out, but it's exciting.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, so what were your sense. thoughts on uh church lately?
1: What do you, Well, what do you mean? It's <laughs> <That's> like <laughs> such a broad question. Asian American church, where it's been,
0: the transition yeah. we're going through in this generation.
1: Yeah. Where did where did uh you go to church growing up? Sam or uh, Joyce?
0: Uh Where did Joyce go? I can't remember. Me? Yeah.
2: Um, I pretty much grew up in a lot of uh, different Korean American churches. Yeah. All the way up until college. And then college was the first time I went to like a multi-ethnic church.
0: Yeah. yeah. Korean American until I came to California. Then I went to the same church Joyce did in college.
1: Yeah. I mean, same thing for me growing up uh, Korean American church in the Chicagoland area, actually mul- multiple Korean American churches because mm-hmm. <laughs> my parents moved around a little bit. hmm um, same. Due to various factors, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, um, and then in college, another Korean American church, I mean, multi-ethnic, but Asian American church. Yeah. And, and I've kind of been here for a while. Hmm. Where do you think it's headed and where do you think you're headed uh, in light of that? Um, well, maybe we can talk about like the pros and cons. <laughs> no, whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, before we go into the future. Yeah, I think the, the pros of the Korean American church or the Asian American church is, um, number one, they highly emphasize like prayer. I don't know if your your churches had, like, morning prayer. I think that's a very Korean thing.
2: That's pretty universal for Korean churches. Yeah,
1: not yeah. all
0: Asian churches, but I, I think, I'm sure that some do, but it's definitely a Korean thing. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I mean,
1: I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, um, yeah. That's always good, morning prayer or revival meetings, stuff like that, um, like, learning how to sacrifice. That's another thing, and I think just kind of the – family like atmosphere that they try Uh to try to promote because it's almost more than like just a church you know it's like kind of becomes like a family in one sense
0: yeah especially in like 1970s 80s early 90s -hmm. you america i mean that's your social group your church oh yeah definitely especially Mm -hmm. if you're asian or immigrant Mm -hmm. that just moved from you know the motherland
1: yeah so i think um I think those are all biblical things that are, um, like that are very good. Uh Mm -hmm. I think, but,
0: uh, but, but
1: (laughs) yeah, I guess some weakness, (laughs) weaknesses. (laughs) I mean, obviously we're seeing it now. Uh It's Asian Americans are a little bit more reserved. Um, so we try not to get into conflict. Um, and that translates into, kind of like the silent model minority t- type of um, person so we we're good at it's called p- like is it pietism pietism we're good at praying um, and sacrificing and like kind of helping each other in the community but in our little church community but how good are we at you know reaching out and caring about issues outside of our local church community Sure, mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Such as like the BLM movement, uh, right now, you know. All right. Yeah, I I feel like it's these people, um,
0: a lot of like pastors that had no, it wasn't really important to them, but because it's a, it's in like the forefront of our you know social consciousness in America, they they have feel like they have to say something, and what they have to say is uh, either not very important or there's not much is there your dog in the back yeah, <laughs> aka my dog replacement oh. girlfriend
2: come here
0: yeah. um man that dog's old isn't it <laughs> dude just dude just let him be man What's oh, a guy <laughs> yeah oh scrappy scrappy right scrappy yeah
2: come here scrappy
0: um what were we talking about <sighs>
2: Oh well, basically. The, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, basically, Frankie's point is, I think a lot of us have experienced this growing up in the Korean American church, and for those of you who are listening and have never been a part of this kind of community before, um, as much as like uh, Koreans are great at com- creating like a sense of community and like family, and there's a lot of intimacy within that group. Um, I think we also struggle with being a bubble, and mm. um, and almost to, um, our own detriment. I would say actually to our own detriment because we never really get to, um, experience, um, different, like what different examples of missions looks like, or like, you know, prayer or, um, worship and worship culture. So, um, it can be very limiting and it can be very like, um, like cookie cutter and like it has to look only this way or it can only look this way um i would say that would be a disadvantage
0: Um, (laughs) what you're bringing it to me uh my comment on that uh yeah i'd agree um i'd say i'm okay like maybe a few years ago i was very critical Uh, almost cynical uh definitely cynical of like uh Korean American Asian American churches and uh I think I had an idealistic view of what church should have been uh but now I'm a little more balanced
2: hello scrappy (laughs) Scrappy.
0: does scrappy have cataracts never just yeah you're a little more balanced I'm a little more balanced now and I realize the strengths of uh you know um Immigrant churches in America. Um, but I also realized that, um, we could do better, you know? Um, and especially with Korean American churches or Asian American churches, um, now going away from, you know, their motherland language, you know, they're going into English because, uh, people like me, people like you, um, our Korean is not great. When you speak Korean, I get uncomfortable, Frankie.
1: Yeah. yeah. I got I get uncomfortable too <laughs> when you speak Spanish. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> my my Spanish is um moderate to excellent. Oh my gosh. Um and
0: uh I feel like be, because of our parents' sacrifice uh it's the mantle is on, you know, our generation especially, you know, we're in our like 30s now. Uh, where we're going to take up some leadership positions where we can kind of change some of those facts. But, you know, that's not going to change unless we kind of recognize, you know, what's what we've been doing wrong, what well, we could do better.
1: Yeah. Even with um, kind of like what we were talking about with the LGBTQ plus something community, I think, you're right, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going through a lot of, Different things, and we can't we can't expect to be insulated from all these different issues
2: Definitely. that
1: are right. arising. Mm-hmm. Um, or race, I mean. Oh yeah, race.
0: Um, I mean, uh, you're a cleaners kid. I was a cleaners kid, and like uh, you know, all these people, especially in like Chicago land area, they're like cleaners, and they had hired, uh, you know, mainly like Mexican people or brown people. And, you know, some, sometimes they didn't, didn't treat them correctly, but then uh, they'd still go to church on Sundays and try to act pious on Sundays, which is like a huge cognitive dissonance, you know? And sure. uh, I feel like every generation has that cognitive dissonance and uh, we just have to recognize our own.
1: It's like uh, all those Mexican employees being treated poorly by Koreans and then They go on Mexico short-term missions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) Which is like, it doesn't make sense. One of the worst
0: things I saw, and, you know, Koreans are very, like, paternalistic, like, sometimes colonial in the way they do um, missions. Um, I remember going to Mexico, and we went to a seminary, which was not, like, you know, um, it wasn't official, you know, they just created, like, a small little thing out of their church and we're training these mexican uh pastors maybe like five of them and they literally taught them how to sing glory glory hallelujah in korean These yeah. Mexican pastors and i was so i was so disturbed like why is this why is this necessary this is uh how is this helpful at all this is just you bending uh these people these locals to like your way what you think is correct your truth you know there's no like flexibility there's no honor to their culture and uh i don't know that stuff like really bothers me
1: i've i've actually heard examples of uh korean missionaries doing a lot of that like from korea korea they're oh, yeah. going they they go and they basically try to make a korean church <laughs> in right. like these random countries
2: definitely yeah
0: like you try to do that in Thailand, that's not going to work. Their culture is way different than Korea. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I I just think the other thing is, um, I don't know. I'm just finding that we're not like, we talk about having community, like I'm not going to name any churches, but just in general. (laughs) Um, but then I feel like because we're, it's a shame based culture, yeah. Um we're not we don't there's not true accountability or like community just because no one shares about you know their weaknesses like like vulnerably. Yeah, it's
0: it's kind of um unprecedented, just like Korea itself, how it went from um you know, one of the poorest countries after the Korean War to uh, one of the richest, fastest, most, it's probably one of the most rapidly growing countries in the history of mankind. Um, And I think a lot of it was our shame-based culture, you know? But uh, because we're so productive, so, uh, um, I can't think of the word right now, but uh, it, it also caused like a ton of mental illness because we yeah. didn't deal with a lot of things, we we're just our value is based on performance, um, um, status, and um, that's like antithet- antithetical. Antithetical. I'm saying that completely wrong. Yeah, it's an antithesis of the of like biblical scripture. <laughs> sure, because sure. your your identities should not be wrapped in what you do or even you know who you are.
1: So I did appreciate, um, like when I, when we went to missions, I don't, I don't know if we're allowed to name the organization, but, um, <laughs> let's not. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that pastor or, or just that culture of, um, like te- people sharing their testimonies, you know? Oh Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And, and, um, like, being not being ashamed of our uh, our sins and the gospel. Our story. like that. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I think it, it was so powerful because we were all kind of so used to being ashamed and hiding things. Right. And then you go on this mission trip and they're actually saying, Hey, it's okay to share. We want to like pray for you.
0: Mm. Uh-huh.
1: And I think that's why, um, yeah, God used those trips and, and so many people were transformed through those through those trips you know because it was the first time they really experienced like they can literally share whatever and you know god will still people will still forgive not only people but god will forgive them you know yeah and yeah. god will still care for them and so yeah that was um one of the greatest benefits i've saw going on those trips mm-hmm. um so
0: You've been in a Asian American church your entire life. Um, where are you at right now? Where? How involved do you want to be? And why?
2: Yeah, I, I think. Um, <clears throat>
1: excuse me. <laughs> um, are you crying? It's okay.
2: Had to set <laughs> Scrappy aside.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: God, but I yes, think serious.
1: <laughs> I think in the future there's going to be. A lot of us who kind of disperse into multi-ethnic churches. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a, like maybe seventy to eighty percent, but I still think there's going to be those immigrant churches around, you know.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, and then maybe twenty percent will go there. Um, I don't think all of us should go to the multi-ethnic side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, we can't. Or the immigrant churches will be, they'll be, they'll um, be shafted there. So we just kind of have to figure out, well, I'm just trying to figure out, do I want to kind of go that way or, you know, the multi-ethnic side or maybe serve at a, at a Korean church. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one, I don't think one's better than the other. They're Mm -hmm. just different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think at one point in my life I was completely for multi-ethnic. I thought that was the only way, but as I've gotten older, yeah, I'm a perfect me character, and uh, we can go into that later. But just like my black and white <laughs> view of the world is like, it's right or wrong. But now I feel like I'm a little more balanced and nuanced. And now I see that, oh, yeah, there is a role for um, immigrant churches especially. They're dying out for, for sure, but there's definitely a role for them. And there's also a role for, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's like a monocultural church, like a Korean church or a Chinese church or Vietnamese church. Uh, But then there's also a strong world for uh, multi-ethnic churches. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like the best um, um, in terms of uh, Christian moralism or it's like the right thing to do, you know. Um, But I would say that especially for us personally, uh, we prefer to be at a church that has uh, people aren't exactly like us um, for different reasons. I mean, did you do you have a specific reason why you went to um, our church right now?
2: Um, oh, I almost said the name by accident. I don't, I think you can't. Oh well, I thought we agreed no names. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I definitely deliberately chose to attend this church because it was not a Korean American church. I think um, oh, maybe in high school I started realizing like how much of our spirituality was really influenced by Korean culture um, and in an unhealthy way. Um, I think it definitely painted like an incomplete picture of who God was and his character um, and and then also how that all, um, tended to trickle down and um, And influence like church culture um and I saw that manifest in like really unhealthy ways so um I I think I was just like really curious too um and I knew like you know like I I didn't want to stay in this bubble I didn't want to stay insulated and there's so much um that I didn't know and um when it came to like being a part of the church, Capital C Church, um, I I felt like there are a lot of things that in the Korean American church we just never talked about. Um, so I never really was able to form like, you know, um, I guess like my own beliefs on certain issues. Um, and so that's why I chose New Song. Oh, I just said. We can censor that. <laughs> Beep, bleep. bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> Shoot, that like, oh my gosh. I just, I just blurted it out by accident. Yeah, um, you
1: guys, you guys definitely have a different church from when I visited.
2: Mm, I think I just was looking for something different because um, I, because I knew like, um, you know, like what was being taught to me was, was very narrow. Like it was very limited. Um, and I, and I, and I think like when you meet people in college and you meet, um, people from different backgrounds and you see the kind of like views that they come in with and perspectives that they have. Um, and you're like, Oh, like, I think I resonate a lot with like what you're saying. Um, it just gets you curious to like, understand more and you have to go out there to find it
1: yeah definitely. that was very
2: very seven that was a very seven like thing to I have, say <laughs> I, have,
1: I have no idea what those number of references
2: mean <laughs> it's the enneagram
1: yeah i don't know what that is is that a is that like a greek term enneagram
2: um I'm i actually kidding. don't know I, I don't know
1: you would know you, got- you studied greek I'm uh, I'm the heart. I I only know about heart motives. Yeah. But um, not Enneagrams.
2: Yeah, Enneagram is like.
1: They're both super helpful. Seven's a good number, though. It's like a the perfect number in the Thank Bible. You. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Rabbi. That's Appreciate my, uh, that. That was four years of seminary yeah. <laughs> education. <laughs> Seven's a good number. <laughs> I think Jeremy Lin wears seven. Forty forty thousand dollars worth of tuition for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, highly recommend it though. That's a that's a good one to look into.
1: It's yeah. um uh, we we can talk about that, but um it is interesting because I feel like I'm I'm a little more conservative than you guys in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might be I may be wrong. And I know we joke about it all the time, but like I come from like in just in just in terms of my like uh Theological perspective. I I guess I come from like a reformed, like, I don't know, reformed theological. Five-point Calvinist. Yeah. Like John Piper, even though he's not a Presbyterian, like John Piper, R.C. Sproul, guys like that. um, Tim Keller a little bit.
2: I love Tim Keller. Tim
1: Keller. But yeah, definitely John Piper. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, cause you guys, you guys probably grew up in that, probably in the Korean church, cause they're more uh, conservative.
0: Yeah, yeah, in like the Korean conservative way, cause it's not like uh, the white evangelical uh, yeah. reformed. It's not exactly that, you know, Korean Presbyterian is completely different than actually regular
1: yeah. white Presbyterian. Yeah. We make where, do you guys, where do you guys think you're at now? Like, have you changed?
0: Um, I'd say I changed my mindset more than anything. Because uh, I feel, still feel like I have, like, conservative values, but the way I t- interpret it has been, like, changed dramatically. So, you're, like, how do I apply biblical principles? Because those are, like, how do I apply them in, um, how do I, like, detach them from, like, our own culture that we grew up with or even white yeah american um evangelicals how do i detach that and sure. you know someone everything that you read uh what like 95 percent of what you've read in um uh, seminary was created by you know a white guy's perspective on it yeah um, i mean there's definitely more like south you know um uh you know african writers or asian writers or whatever uh but are like are uh, worldview or even how we interpret the bible has been like very strongly shaped in the past several hundred years um a lot of it was cultural so how do we detach from that a little bit and go like to like the basics of um the bible
1: sure yeah
0: it's a, it's kind of a difficult question
1: yeah that's a that's a really interesting thought um and that's probably why i um, gravitate toward these white evangelical pastors. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you're <laughs> a white evangelical old man in your heart. I, I'm basically a white evangelical, <laughs> <laughs> and I love it, um, <laughs> and I embrace it. But yeah, I think I one other fact that the sec the second fact I learned in seminary was um, the average Christian these days is just by numbers is really uh it's like it would be an African person because their church is growing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would have guessed like Chinese, you know? Yeah. But it's not actually the center of Christianity has moved. It's called to the global South. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just feel like America and white evangelicals have such a strong influence still. Right. um, It's going to take some time for minority voices to kind of, rise rise up yeah, in think,
2: America at least yeah
1: in America at least mm-hmm. but America has such a great influence over the world still you know we're like
2: definitely for better,
1: for better or worse we're still the Rome Rome of the world
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're,
1: we're hanging on by a thread but um yeah after all this coronavirus and
0: all these uh all protests shifting. going on I feel like yeah we handle the COVID crisis horribly it's like embarrassing
2: it is embarrassing.
1: <laughs> it it's it is tough but that ha- that's what happens when you have like such a mel- like a melting pot of a democracy you know you're going to get like a lot of conflicting views and stuff
0: yeah i think it's like the sense of individualism is probably the strongest in the world mm mm-hmm, definitely and that, that was part of the cause of you know covid spiking and not being under control for sure
1: and then I didn't realize I know we're kind of transitioning here but yeah the news is so I've never felt so uncertain about uh media and news outlets these days. Like I would watch yeah. C- I would watch CNN. I usually go to cnn.com cuz mm-hmm. it's like the shortest shortest web link. <laughs> <laughs> and then um but then I I'd, I'd get confused and then I go to Fox and they'd be just bashing. It it would literally be the opposite. You know, um, you know that incident where President Trump, like, took a photo across the White House. This was like a oh, with the Bible, ago. yeah, yeah. So I watched I CNN that. and they were just saying how this is like terrible and how, why would he move protesters um, for a photo op? <laughs> then I watched Fox, and then they were kind. Of, they were like, um like saying it it was such a great it was like a such a courageous act because um he was trying to show like how he's supporting the bible or i don't know it was it was just very confusing Mm -hmm. right right yeah there's like it's really hard
0: to be in the middle right now because you're gonna get uh um destroyed you're gonna get punched either side you know um yeah, I don't really fit in either left or right, but um, in, in, especially when you're talking about the news, it's really hard to figure out um, where the truth is. And, uh, and,
1: and even with scientists, it's getting confusing.
0: Yeah, like even doctors. I, I saw this thing where uh, this doctor was super political in, in like a letter um, talking about how um, COVID um, is, uh, can be treated uh, and we should be tr- like uh, preemptively treating with like zinc and azithromycin, and uh, what's that uh, malaria d- hydro- hydroxychloroquine. hydroxychloroquine? And we should do yeah. it for everybody. And that's, this became political, and that we could have controlled COVID way earlier. Yeah. And this guy's an MD, and I, I, you I know, I just saw that. this letter online. I don't know if it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, if this is actually true, this guy is like completely. Off is you know what where, where facts is he basing
1: his uh data from you know it's like crazy yeah what's well, it's it's crazy it really feels like the hunger games like the movie um like the media is just i don't know the media has so much power right now
0: yeah i think so like what are some ways that you stay grounded biblically when all this like you're getting trash <laughs> from both sides. Like you get like, so you get like Breitbart and some junk on the right side. That's like completely wrong. And then on the left side, you see stuff equally like um, taken out of context or mm-hmm. uh, the data is not interpreted. It, it is interpreted favorable to them. Mm-hmm. Like how do you stay grounded?
1: Well I, I do think with COVID specifically, it is helpful that um, people are posting about their own real life experiences, whether on social media, so like on Twitter or Instagram, that that does shed some light. like in you talking to you guys, for example, um, to actually see what the rea- the reality is, you know. Of like the hospitalizations and things like that that's always very helpful uh-huh um, um biblically, how do I stay grounded with it within all this? yeah, yeah, I think this is the first time, even with everything going on um in my present situation, I feel like um we all need to know our Bible um and have our own convictions, sure meaning and the only way to do that is you have to really know the bible <laughs> so you have to read um i try i'm trying to read like 10 chapters a day it's not how, it's not happening but that's kind of my goal but i but i'm realizing even within the church there's a lot of uh, differing opinions you know right so we can't i realize we really have to have our own convictions not saying it's bad to ask people, but as we get older, especially, um, we can't rely so much on, you know, our pastors to guide our lives. Um, And at the end of the day, it's like, God's going to, like, we have to give an account for our our lives to God personally. You know, we can't be like, Oh, pastor, pastor, (laughs) pastor Bill or whatever told me this, like, that's not going to fly. So we really have to, you know, seek out wisdom through the Bible, through prayer, through counsel, but really come to our own conclusions. It sucks. It's hard work. It's not easy. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: I think that's, it's good training. I also found that
0: the biggest voices that we hear are not the voices we necessarily need to hear at, you know, present time. A specific time and that, um, leadership, especially in, uh, our society is, uh, so much on, you know, snappy, you know, quotes, sound bites, uh, someone who's charismatic, someone who's engaging, uh, but the person who's like, um, maybe a little less so that way, but has uh, very logical points, reason, um, fact-based thought it out humility. Those people aren't as, um, Put out into our society that we and we need to hear those kind of voices. So I feel like you just need to be really careful with what you um, you need to filter out what you hear and what you see um, on either social media or wherever.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough time. I've never experienced so much division Mm
2: -hmm.
1: outside of the church, within the church, Mm in society. I just feel like there's a spirit of division, not to be a little charismatic-y here, but um, a spirit of division. Whoa. Uh, yeah, whoa. <laughs> yeah, did I see gold dust on your Zoom screen? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, I don't know if, yeah, Satan may be using, using that to divide people. It's not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, got to be really careful.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah.
1: But like like I said, man, I think we I think at least for me personally, we kinda grew up in this age of oh, there's these pastors or you know, authorities and we just kinda like they were our role models. huh. We would and we would go to them, we'd kinda lean on them for like life advice. Uh huh. Um but I think we're seeing that we yeah, we can't do that anymore. Like we kind of have to grow up and really have our own convictions.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Because a lot of these topics are not as straightforward as they used to be, you know? Yeah. Right.
0: And uh, we're like a post-fact society. Uh, I don't know if it was like that before, but we're just a narrative society. We just believe in narratives uh, when whatever the facts, you know, we interpret it according to our narrative. Um, So the fact, of the matter is you know you throw statistics out there it really really does not matter um because i i just don't trust when people throw out statistics because i just want to know where their angle is what their interpretation is um yeah it's kind of difficult sifting through all that
1: yeah but on a positive note you know god is in control so um we don't need to worry i don't I don't, 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 don't want to end this I don't want to end this with ho- hopelessness and gloom um well uh, let me say one yeah. thing i I think like people are talking about like our society is morally deteriorating and things like that and I agree i think there's there is some of that, but do you think so or does it always exist like I don't know I know people have been
0: talking about how we've changed to like a Christian moralism or just moral moralism, universal moralism, in our society. Like love is everything, and everything is positive, good vibes, and that sort of thing. Um, what was the difference, like you know, two hundred years ago and now? Is it just the same
1: thing, um, different costume? Yeah, I mean the 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 heart is the same, and man, you know, it's always going to be here's my reformed theology, but like sinful, sinful hearts in each of us. Um, And that hasn't changed. But I was just thinking about like, like back in like the Roman time, you know, they had like um, gladiator matches (laughs) which were like much worse than anything. We're seeing. well, I can't say that, but that was really bad. That's really bad. You know, very barbaric. I'm sure they, they were, I know they were doing like a lot of like sexually crazy things back then. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um <laughs> I need <the> earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, just crazy stuff back then. I think about, like, even um, like World War II, like the Holocaust. I'm sure if you lived in Europe, you thought the world was going to end. And mm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, learning more about the Holocaust, it's, like, crazy, like, the things that were done. So, I mean, I'm not saying – Um, what's happening now is good, but I do think it's, it's always kind of been there. Um, and it's just cyclical maybe. Mm,
2: mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm.
1: but it is, it is like changing a lot with technology, especially
2: Mm -hmm.
0: globalization. Yeah. Globalization. Mm -hmm. There's this, uh, I list recently listened to this podcast. Um, it was really interesting. Uh, the guy mentioned Immanuel Kant, you know, the German philosopher. And he wrote this paper called Perpetual Peace. And he basically said, states that, you know, basically the globalization or the interconnected societies, economies will actually create this perpetual peace. And uh, I don't know how, you know, I, I haven't read the thing. I, I'm planning to read that. But uh, the, the globalization that we're in now, um, will this cause like a, you know, a Pax Romana or uh, a peace or... Um, what are like, what are like some of the criticisms of like this globalization that we're seeing with COVID or whatever? Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's inevitable, you know, the globalization. So like there was uh, what was it? It was like the car and the plane and television and internet. Oh yeah. And now it's like, um, super internet. (laughs) I don't know what you would call it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of, yeah, I don't know how much, I don't know if we're going to, like, teleport people. That'd be some. It's just getting so, so crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that, like, a virus from China supposedly <laughs> traveled to America in, like, you know, weeks or maybe even a day, you know. Dude, we were
0: in Thailand when all this was breaking out, and there were so many Chinese tourists wherever we were at. I was actually complaining to Joyce how many, <laughs> how many Chinese tourists were everywhere, and I was just like, you know, I, I, I love personal space, and that's not like a thing in other countries. I realized, and they would get in my way, and I would just like literally get pissed and just, like <laughs> like shove like old women out of the way uh, when I was, and I'm like, uh, I got. Uh, I got problems.
1: No 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 one got hurt though. No one got hurt. I'm probably sure. I'm pretty sure we got a coronavirus <laughs> because they're so close to us. It's like Yeah it man, faces. it's it's I don't know, it's going to be an interesting interesting few years. But I also think there's going to be a bigger divide between the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. That's another thing to consider. Mm. It's like and I see it already. It's like people think about if you're um like struggling Financially, for example, that's just one example. And then you just go on social media and you see people like doing all the, going going on vacations and Mm -hmm. buying all these fancy things. Yeah. I'm sure that's not going to sit well, you know, for people in the long run. So yeah, it's tough. It's going to be interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: We have such a huge wealth gap in the country. It's going to get worse. And uh, yeah, Yeah, I I I have
1: patients who can't afford, like their $5 medication, you know,
2: mm.
1: it's like, how do, how do we reconcile that? Um, it's tough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think when that happens? Like, what do you, I buy them the medication. That's what I do. But, um, no, I mean, but obviously you can't do that. That's like, that's like my maybe one contribution, but it's tough. Cause you can't, it's not sustainable yeah t- I like I can't erase systemic poverty, poverty right, <laughs> you know? right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So those are just things to consider. Yeah. Obviously we have to do our part.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, we could talk about that later too. I, I yeah. want to do a like an ethical um, ethical lifestyle kind of podcast episode about uh, I don't know being green and uh, being like ethical investing, stuff like that Um, because i feel like we don't talk about that enough
2: um
1: Mm. yeah i have i if i if if i had one issue on my heart it'd be poverty Mm -hmm. okay how how different people have issues yeah that's like that god has given them yeah yeah i feel like poverty is like like people in poverty it like moves my heart every time Mm. Um, you it's not your heart is moved
2: yeah, uh, through,
1: through 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 all the fat, all the subcutaneous okay. fat, it does it it does move a little bit. Frankie God. goes on
0: these yo-yo diets, and it's insane. Sometimes he'll look like uh, like a twelve-year-old like model, a super model. <laughs> and then, and then sometimes he looks like he should be on one of those TLC shows.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I look like the Pillsbury uh, Doughboy right now. Um, man, you guys are really tan, by the way. I don't know if it's the lighting. She got burnt. <laughs> okay and uh yeah yeah she got burnt real bad recently. i'm like i'm literally uh white compared to your like go- golden brown color yeah
0: you look like one of those ghosts in those harry potter movies you know You're, like this opaque
1: is, this is me That's a tan weird. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um poverty yeah okay so i've been like researching more like economic theory and i've never been interested in it before and i'm 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 when you boil down the race thing, a lot of it, not all of it comes down to poverty and uh, how it's systemic racism. Uh, I think another term you could use is systemic poverty actually. Um, And then, yeah, it really, really, I think it gets at like the heart of the issue. We have a poverty, not of just wealth, not of just financial means, but a poverty of spirit. Uh, poverty of um, mental health. There's so many things that we have a poverty of, but especially poverty of wealth, especially in this country, our wealth gap. It's such a big problem. So it, I feel like if you're in, um, if you're a clergy, you need to understand how the system works because, you know, you could preach and, you know, get them to go to church. But at the same time, like you said, you know, you have like a patient that can't afford their medicines. You can preach to them all day long, but, you know, they, they might die of their insulin next week and that happens, you know? So how do you reconcile that as like a pastor or, you know, someone who may not be in like uh, and may not be interested in like global economics, you know?
1: Yeah. I think, um, what was I going to say? I think this is like a problem in the Asian American church, like the second generation. Uh huh. I've, I've been at churches where, i mean there are like a lot of us not, not a lot of a lot of us are not us i don't want to use the word us but a lot of people are very successful and they okay, you're become, successful you're the richest guy <laughs> i know okay like they become your rent's 100 dollars. Yeah, they become doctors lawyers whatever professionals uh-huh but then even in the second gen asian american circles yeah not everyone's on that path for whatever reason you know mm-hmm, and sure. i've seen that churches like people kind of get squeezed out because they can't they feel kind of like um, left out you know like they can't go on vacations they can't oh, get these fan- fancy yeah. things and then these people just l- end up leaving the church and then these uh, Asian American churches become like just kind of this like mono successful upper middle class yeah um, type of people mm. and, I don't, and I think that's not good either you know no no like in the suburbs of Chicago that definitely happens
0: Mm. Um, yeah
1: you see that with
0: uh, a lot of Asian churches in the east coast ton of them are professionals first and second gen and uh, there's definitely like a yeah middle class
1: middle class churches there has to be a better way we can kind of help build more community you know Um, I'm not sure how that's going to be done but
0: domestically
1: mm. yeah because all of them are,
0: like, okay with doing two weeks in Haiti, you know, I feel like. It's uh, it's Instagram. It's Insta-worthy. Yeah. But in their own neighborhood, um, different different story.
1: But, yeah, I, I, I really think that's, like, the heart of Christ is to really – he does care about the poor and the oppressed, mm. the disadvantaged. Marginalized, um, yeah. The marginalized. I mean, he does because – I think because – um, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's just his heart. Um, yeah. Not saying he doesn't care about the rich. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, he just has a lot of mercy towards them. Mm-hmm. I just like the way he, the way he does it, how he cares for the poor.
0: Cause I don't feel like he does it in a way where he's pious or anything like that, or he's uh better than, although he is, <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird. He just like loves on them. And that's it. It's like, almost in like a vacuum, which is like impossible. But mm-hmm. uh, um a lot of us will will do that and become so pious we'll commit the same sins of the people that we're like completely against. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to you gotta be balanced though, you know. You gotta have piety, but that piety should be like a humble like love for others. Yeah. It's tough. It's very tough. But I do like your church. I'm not going to name it. That that which shall not be named. But, yeah, I feel like you guys try to kind of engage the community,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: local community. Yeah, yeah. It may, yeah. Not, it, it may not be perfect. No, but definitely
2: not. <laughs> that's still, a strength.
1: I still feel like there's an attempt made. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, as a community, we're working towards – figuring out, wrestling with like what it looks like to live out the heart of Christ in our lives and in our communities.
1: Yeah. And then I, I will, yeah, the, some of us, the criticism might be, Oh, you guys don't know theology or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just yeah. be, being honest, but that. yeah. that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I don't think I need to, but then you can, from my church experiences,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the criticism from, my, like our church, my church experiences would be, yeah, we might know our theology, but, and we might pray, but if we don't do anything for anyone, you know, sure. Do you think God is really pleased with that? Hi mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We need a balance.
2: We do. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. Asian American church man, it's tough. Yeah, I'm hoping this
0: generation it changes and the the it shifts. You know, kind of like the uh, the zeitgeist of the Asian American church changes um, our collective mindset, what our priorities are. I think it. it, I think definitely is with our generation, and definitely the ones, the people, the the kids younger than us too.
1: I I I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't swing though from like
2: right, right all
1: all the way over Mm -hmm. to. Oh, we don't pray. We don't read the Bible, and we're just like doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I hope. I hope it just kind of centers more, if possible.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, man, we yeah. love
1: God. We want to like know our the what we believe biblically. but we want to apply that, like, practically.
0: Sure, I think it probably be will be kind of a pendulum, and they will swing. I mean, a lot of. A lot of people do that, anyways. Like you know, when you're younger, you're a little bit more um, mm-hmm. liberal, and then when you're older and you care about taxes and stuff,
1: <laughs> you become a little
0: more, more, you know, Republican. Uh, no,
1: man, I'm I'm always always conservative. I was bo- I was I was born conservative.
0: <laughs> you're, you're born with a trust fund. <laughs>
1: yeah. Born as a white evangelical.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude. I think the fireworks are going off. You can, mm-hmm. can hear them here. Yeah, or gunshots. I'm not sure. Okay. Dude, Frankie, can you uh, tell the audience your uh, co-ed running story? That's one of my favorite stories. Frankie has some awesome self-defeating uh, stories. They're hilarious. We, 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 can't,
1: we can't share the missions one in this climate. No, 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 no. This is <laughs> That is like no, no. Good Lord. We get a lawsuit. Um no, that that was that was all in jest. That was all in jest. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, my I don't know. It's like I think if I share that story, people would find they would get enraged these days. That, not at me not oh, at the me, missions but, one or the, no, 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 the co ed uh, one. My co ed running. My co
0: ed st- one is uh okay, I
1: feel like. You still think it's tolerable? Uh yeah. Joyce that Joyce, nice, Joyce yeah. did you hear
2: the story? I don't think so.
1: It's a pretty funny I be, story. I bet Joyce will. I know she's. Just, she's. I don't know if she'll laugh or if she'll think it's terrible. But um,
2: well, okay. Only so one way to find out. Her baseline
1: <laughs> is laughing. Okay, so you're good. No, so I was in college. There was an email for like a five k, at our school, and then, it's like if you finish top fifty, you get a free t shirt. Mm. So I was, and it's a free race. So I got my friend. I told my friend, hey. Mike and I was like hey man let's 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 go do this 5k get a t-shirt so like and I'm pretty and I was pretty like chubby back then like I gained the freshman freshman 30 and I I was pretty chunky so we go and then my friend Mike he's like super fit like muscular just very athletic guy. So we go and then Mike takes off, you know, in the beginning and I'm like, <laughs> what the heck, man. So I'm trying to keep up with him. He's like running a seven minute mile or something. <laughs> I, I think a 5k is like two and a half miles, three uh-huh. miles, something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: he's just like, I'm just like sprinting to catch up with him. And, um, and it was like, I think the it was kind of hot. So I'm like panting. So I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to like take off my shirt. Cause I was just so hot. Um, and I was, like, dying, just sprinting. <laughs> so I, like, I, and I never do this, so I'm, I've never done this in my life, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was just, like, so determined to uh, keep up with him. I took off my shirt, and then I turned the corner. Like, we're kind of going around campus. I turned the corner, and then I just see, like, a crowd of, like, girls, college girls just walking. Like, like hundreds of them, uh-huh. like, a- along the race racetrack area. Uh-huh. And then I realized they were doing like a sorority, you know, they do that pledge. Pledge. pledge oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, It's like, they were all like dressed up and like, <laughs> you know, and then I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's like the worst timing yeah. possible. Uh-huh. But I was just like, whatever I put on my blinders. I'm like, I got to get that t-shirt, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like hauling. And then <laughs> I'm just, I'm just running past them. Uh-huh. But I'm like, like I said, I'm like very chunky right now. <laughs> And then I I still hear vividly one girl. These are like sorority girls, okay? Typical sorority girls. One girl was just like, (laughs) what did she say? Yeah, one girl was like, ew, what is that? (laughs) And then I was like, I was hurt. And then I remember another girl, I could literally hear the words. Another girl was like, this is exactly why people shouldn't run without their shirts off
2: oh my
1: god oh my god and then and then i was crying as i was running and then um but yeah i got my t-shirt and then i remember at the end of the race there was like i had i got my t-shirt then this like little this other girl this race participant came up and was like hey can we like swap shirts like i got a, i got mine's a large large or something uh-huh. she's like this and i was like no sorry <laughs> Oh yeah! I still have that t-shirt today
2: (laughs) And you won because you got the shirt
1: Yeah man sorority girls are they're ruthless man Oh
2: man Mm -hmm. yeah Nasty
1: (laughs) Yeah I can't believe yeah it's some ruthless comments Yeah that's a mean girl But um Typical mean girl I got my t-shirt I got some scars on my heart (laughs) Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On my uh, lower left descending artery, is that my <laughs> yeah? But my LAD.
0: That is such a lame joke.
1: Yeah, I still think my mission story is funnier, but it's um, it is it's it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not uh it would have been okay five years ago <laughs> ten, 10 years 10 yeah, years yeah. ago <laughs> yeah the times have changed yeah. times have changed <laughs> yeah next time we can talk about um heart motives and maybe you guys can educate me on any oh that'd be do you fine. know your enneagram yet he Did doesn't know test? yet i think i'm like the 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 coolest one what's the coolest one uh there's no such thing
2: it's the seven.
1: I know I'm not the weirdo one where you try to be an individual for. Uh, <laughs> um, I heard about that one. <laughs> the weirdo, weirdo one. one. The, the eccentric one where like uh-huh. people think it's cool to be different. Yeah. I like Heart mode is, is very raw and like primal.
0: I like that. Uh, Enneagram, I feel like it's a little more drawn out. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more like uh, thought processes behind it. Um, and it's... There's a lot of lot a lot of literature on it too, so um, yeah, I, think, I, like I think, it both.
1: I think with hard motives, it's helpful. Number one, to understand your own personal emotions, sure, um, and why you're angry or depressed or happy, yeah. even. Um, but I also think it's so helpful to understand how other people think. Yeah, and kind of accept that that they think differently than you, mm-hmm. and that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Um, Frankie did heart motives with me in Bolivia and halfway. He's like, I'm tired, and he turned over on the bus and just fell asleep. <laughs> while I'm doing heart motives. I still don't think I know what I am. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wanna love me?
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> he literally just turned his jacket over. I'm tired. <laughs> and goes to sleep. Like, is this guy for real? Dude, oh, I was like, you, I, was,
1: I probably answered like nine million heart motive questions. <laughs> that. But, that trip, yeah. But the, from that trip, I realized almost everyone was a perfect me purpose. Oh, going on missions, of course. H- hence, they were on that missions trip.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
1: You're not. Hence, hence, their lack of character. I'm
2: just mm-hmm.
1: kidding. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, for real.
2: As a perfect me purpose, I can attest to that. Yep. Oh yeah, but she I, is. I like perfect me purposes
1: because uh, they're the most fun. Yay! They like to have fun. We do. You like to be owned by them, don't you? Um, I'm not going to answer that question.
0: <laughs> who, are your, who are your closest friends? What are their heart motives, typically?
1: Perfect me character. Perfect me. No, it's all over, man. I'm friends with oh, everybody. Really? Wow. You are like a politician. I don't, I don't know what our mutual friends are. Uh, I have a lot of love me's. Love me. Perfect me purpose, um, perfect me character. I don't have, have any l- respect me's in my circles or like lo- me's. Love me service. Yeah, I don't have any like me's or um, respect me's in my circle either. Nice. <laughs> I, I wonder why that is. That's an I don't interesting know.
0: question. Maybe it's a cultural thing. We don't see it too much in our uh,
1: in our I generation.
0: Know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even. Or maybe they're hidden, you know? I don't even know too many. I I, I don't personally know too many.
1: Respect me? Yeah, I don't think I know too many. Maybe one. Maybe. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. But yeah, harm motives, it's it's a philosophy. Uh, There's no books written, really. Um, But it is helpful to think about the concepts regardless of what what you think about it it was life-changing
0: for me and how i view the world and myself and god yeah it was uh it was it was good
1: it's a, a lot of it is semantics you know it's just different categories of it's just trying to categorize how to interpret ourselves sure and people you can mm-hmm. call it whatever you want you know right yeah and enneagrams is probably the same thing <clears throat> we're yeah. just trying to help categorize and organize um like human behavior and heart stuff i mean i don't know anything about enneagrams mm-hmm. but i just know the, the weird there's like a weirdo one where they try to be like <laughs> different
2: it comes back to yeah i think
1: uh that's what
0: he's looking for in a wife
2: uh,
1: <laughs>
0: no, like ca- no it's
2: no it's cuz like no,
1: it's because I see like a pattern of people who are like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, and it like makes sense.
2: Mm. Tim
0: and I have started combining heart motives and Enneagram. And sometimes, um, it's not always, but your heart motive and your Enneagram will kind of fit. And we're seeing these combinations and using Enneagram and heart motive to like interpret that person. And we're like, whoa, so interesting.
1: Is it helpful?
0: Uh, sometimes, yeah, so if I can't understand why some, like, a, a Perfect Me character, like, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're like, um, idealized version of themselves versus their, like, real self, um, how to, why that happens and how they function in that, then you throw Enneagram in there, and it kind of fills in some of the holes, so I like it.
1: Is there, like, a Peacemaker Enneagram?
2: There is. Yeah, that's
1: probably me. Peacemaker. Mm. What number is that? The nine. Yeah. The, the Christ-like
2: Enneagram? The one I, can, who I can see that for to, you, frankly. The frankly. one who tried, Frankie.
1: Oh, don't, don't say my last name. <laughs> uh, Kim. <laughs> uh, Kim, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, the, one, the one who brings peace in the world.
0: Uh, no, no, their peace is... Uh, their peace is uh, very shallow. Sometimes that's the problem with nines. They'll, they'll try to keep the peace, but still have a ton of anxiety and unrest in their hearts. So it's actually fake peace. Uh, So when a nine learns to like understand and confront well, and kind of face their own uh, fears and uh, their own like um, unrest, um, it actually leads to more peace. uh, So it actually helps them out. Um, It's kind of a, you'd have to go against their own like
1: instincts. I should, uh, what books do you recommend for learning about Enneagrams? Mm. Yeah, this is a, we we always have a recommendation recommendation. What's end. a, what's a website
2: wrote back to you by, um,
0: I can't remember the author's name.
2: Is it okay. fast? Is
0: it, is it short? It's an easy read. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a really easy um, read. It's
0: Richard Rohr uh-huh. is, uh, the, the Enneagram the Christian, Christian perspective. Yeah. That uh-huh. one was really good. Um,
2: Road Back to You is very, very popular. I think I've
0: only read those two.
2: Mm-hmm. And then website-wise, I mean, there's like a couple out there that you can um, take the test on. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I, like, tell people before they take the test is to answer the questions based off of what your instincts are, like, um, not what you think you sh- like, how you should answer.
0: Yeah, so I answered like I was when I was like my mindset in my early twenties. That helped.
1: Interesting.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I've definitely changed. Like your
2: your actual tendencies, like your your most primitive nature. Mm-hmm.
1: Like as a non-Christian kind of thing.
2: Uh, it doesn't matter. Just like just like your tendencies, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Yeah, for heart motives, um, you can check out um, <laughs> Winter Oil Conference. There's like. A seminar on heart motives. Which I'm is just I'm
0: great. just gonna list your phone number at the end of this <laughs> yeah. podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can check out um, Covenant Fellowship Church. Their seminars. Um, that's yeah.
0: We can do a whole uh, enneagram po- uh, heart motives one later on too.
1: Yeah, it'd be good. I'd be, it'd be you guys can teach me about enneagrams uh-huh. and a- analyze me. Um, and i'll analyze you guys I'll prepare notes with heart motives
2: so it's nice and organized yeah andy
1: min's the
0: master enneagram in our little circle he is yeah
2: actually i would like to take some workshops myself yeah
0: um okay anything you recommend uh reading wise anything stick out to you you recommend to
2: the audience content to consume
1: I mean you know what you know what I'm gonna say. Um just read the Bible. Man.
2: <laughs> you know
1: you know what's actually I'll say this I'll say this to make it a little bit spicy. Um mm. Sex in the City? No. Two, um, <laughs> two? No, no. No. I think from like when I from doing like sermon preparations or whatever, like studying a passage in seminary, I found that like I do all this research
2: uh-huh. and
1: then um there's something called the ESV study bible. Uh-huh. Oh god. And it. then and then basically all my research conclusions kind of end up being what the ESP study Bible commentary says. Right. So I realized, man, the ESP study Bible is actually very good. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like all you need. Mm-hmm. Not all you need, but if you actually just read the commentary, mm-hmm. it's like, that's like the best of the best of all of this research. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh-huh. I try
2: – yeah, Sam has that one. So sometimes I'll read his instead of mine because mine's just NIV and it doesn't have commentary.
1: There's uh there's an app I use called Olive Tree Bible Study App. Mm. I think you have to you have to pay a few bucks, but it's awesome because you can put the commentary side by side. You can highlight stuff. Um, you can make the background black. You know, <laughs> instead of instead of white. That's white. a joke. Yeah, but you can That's make a book, joke. You can make bookmarks. <laughs> thanks sam um (laughs) but yeah i really recommend the olive tree bible study app okay you you can put it on your phone um here it is you know Mm. yep and then you can can, then it syncs to your laptop Mm -hmm. so there's like commentaries and it's great
2: i see the black pages
1: yeah i like the dark template Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but yeah i i mean like i said this is just my bent but I try to read 10 chapters a day, not because, um, to be better or anything, but just to, I feel like we really need a solid grasp of what the Bible is saying, especially in like when you're hearing all these, um, dissenting voices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's wrong to read non-biblical things, but uh, especially if you're, um, if you don't have a strong grasp, um, now's a good time to just, try to figure out what Jesus says, what the Bible says about a lot of different issues.
0: Yeah. He was pretty, uh, radical, uh, when it comes to race and, uh, poverty, I feel like.
1: Yeah. Whether it's, yeah, just, I think it, it'll shed light on, um, a lot of those issues rather than relying on, you know, pastors and, you know, famous celebrity pastors or whatever. Um, or Justin Bieber you're just Kanye yeah yeah or Kanye um just a lot of different voices so it's good to really have our own convictions you know gotcha and bring something to the table well that's it for the podcast tune in next week